1: Piracy, this is why the video is titled this. Piracy actually helped authors and led their book to more success. And one of the biggest examples is... A I think society went backwards with mukbangs. <laughs> oh, God. I think, I think we took two steps back.
2: <laughs> and we've never taken the step forward yet. We're still working our way there. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. No, well, here's the thing. Society yeah. went backwards when being a podcaster is an actual potential career. You don't have to say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another Tudor Ramble episode. I'm one of your hosts, Austin. And I'm the other one, Richard. What are we talking about today, Rich? Talking about some good old piracy. Yeah. Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. You're damn right. We're talking about two things to do with piracy. One the effects that piracy has on authors, on the business, on the industry, and two, the morality behind it. Is it right? Is it wrong? What makes it right? What makes it wrong? Man,
2: that is all we like to talk about off the podcast, so this is a fun thing for us to D- this do. Is not for anyone time. else watching or listening. This is for us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be looking at each other rather than the camera more so. Do you like that?
2: I don't. Not a <laughs> I like it when we talk like shoulder to shoulder. I don't like it when you're across from me. There's this a is re- why they're, <laughs> they're this slanted. Is a, it's a 45-degree angle. <laughs> I'm not directly facing you. It's it, uncomfortable. It does make it a lot more
1: comfortable I have to actually pivot my neck to look yeah. at you because it's like my natural gaze is toward the bookshelf over there. That's what I prefer. Yeah, same here. Piracy. <laughs> so, with piracy, I'm going to start with this one phrase and one statistic, and we'll build the conversation from there. We're first talking about what are the effects of piracy, okay? Mm-hmm. Tim O'Reilly, who's the founder of O'Reilly Media, he's this is a it specializes in technology transfer through book publishing. He has a really good quote on this. He says, "For a typical author, obscurity is a far greater threat than piracy." That's what it's we're going to base this on because a lot of the effects are counterintuitive to what you'd think. You hear a lot of articles and headlines go Piracy is ruining the industry. Piracy is plummeting revenue. You'll you'll see this everywhere. You wouldn't download a car. (laughs) Why download a movie? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the ethics after. So I think it's easier first to talk about what are the actual results. And Mm -hmm. through doing this research, we'll come up with stuff. Because this is why it's so important. There's a recent statistic. This is 2022. Found that 215 billion worldwide visits to digitally piracy platforms were recorded. And of all those... Piracy platforms. Eleven point two percent of the most pirated items on the internet were books. So, mo- small section in the grand scheme of things. Books are still billions and billions. It's still it's still a lot.
2: A lot. Games, TV shows, movies.
1: A lot of other, things are pirated.
2: Other software, which I imagine something like Adobe uh, Photoshop is oh, up there. Of course. And so this is just a f- premise. This with it happens a lot,
1: but. Talking about the effects, because you, you and I, we tell, when we're talking about Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, I think the first example to use is mm-hmm. remember his Ace Paperback edition. The Lord of the Rings in the 60s was pirated in a way where this other publishing industry thought that the domain was up for the public domain. They could start mm-hmm. producing books. And that was called Ace Paperback edition. You could still buy it. They're, they're worth a lot because they're collector's
2: editions now. But do you remember this? I do. Uh, the book itself had... A lot of little errors in it, which is part of the reason why Tolkien kind of caught wind of it and was frustrated and making sure they were mostly taken away. Yeah. Or tried to. But in its imperfect state, it was the reason why Lord of the Rings spread through America and propagate. It got, you know, the Beatles were in it. It was a huge cultural phenomenon, largely because it was pirated and copies were readily available. And that is more, yeah, that's a more generalized,
1: loose way of saying it because we don't mm-hmm. have the actual stats of, okay, it started, the Ace Paper deck edition came in, then Lord of the Rings became popular in America. You know, not always correlation equals causation. There's some muddying things in there. So what I did is I looked up, there's, there's big examples of where piracy, this is why the video is titled this, piracy actually helped authors and led their book to more success. And one of the biggest examples is Paul Coelho, the author of The Alchemist. Is yeah. that how you say his name? Yeah. In 1999, the author, Coelho found a pirated Russian translation of his novel, The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And the sales of the book were not impressive. They were only selling 1,000 copies a year in mm-hmm. Russia. But there was this pirated translation in Russia. But he was only selling 1,000 at the time. So the author himself put up a pirated version of The Alchemist online. He He put that pirated version of the translation, just gave it free to everybody. Like, hey, you can read it in Russian now. And in 2000, after he posted this, it sold 10,000 copies in the Russian translation. In 2001, it sold 100,000 copies. By 2002, it was over a million copies. So mm-hmm. him, the own author himself went, oh, I'm going to spread the pirating of my own book because going back to that quote, of Tim O'Reilly, for the typical author, obscurity is a far greater threat than piracy. And what Tim O'Reilly, sorry, what Paul Coelho and the Alchemist was in Russia at the time was more obscure. There wasn't a Russian translation. How the hell are people going to read it? But someone pirated the book, got it down so that it led to a wider audience that could actually read the book up. and purchase the book. Yeah. Because what I found, and I, I don't know what you found as well, but the first thing is when what pirating does, it does two things. One, there's the the pull that people think it could take of it takes away. Like they're they're pirating it rather than buying it. So in a way, is that a loss of revenue? But the flip side to look at it is that instead of you not knowing about the book at all, even if you do get a pirated version of said book, movie, or so forth, one word of mouth, you go, hey, you now read that and you could talk about it with people. Beyond that, you could become a fan, not just by their books, by merch, by things associated with it, but also the people willing to actually buy the book and support the author, you find more of those people by having a wider audience. Let's say you go find a free version, you like it, and you actually
2: go buy the real copy. Mm-hmm. There's there's actually a an improper assumption done with piracy that yeah. a a person who pirates a copy of some of said product was a potential customer and a potential loss of revenue. I think it's in. I think it's ill used assumption. Because oftentimes the person who will pirate a piece of media was not going to pay for it in the first place. And their option was either pirate it or not. Not read it. it. Not yeah. read it at all. Which is the, the the effect is nearly the same in revenue to the author or the creator. However, on one side, the it's well known. And I I think this is more... This is a supposition. This is not anything hard, of, but this is how I personally feel and I think other people have felt. Is I have known people where they will pirate something and then when they can't afford it because they really liked the piece, they will go back and purchase an actual version of it to be able to support the author. But they like to try it first and then purchase. I see. So it's not always a, oh, I'm just... They're all just cheap. Right, because you can't afford books, clearly. No, I can't. Yeah, of course. <laughs> By the way, haven't pirated a book. I haven't, you know, I bought all these. I did not steal them.
1: For legal purposes, Richard has not. <laughs> also, he... I have <laughs>
2: scouts on <laughs> What was
1: Scouts on You had the wrong figure.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's two or three figures. I don't that's know.
1: something. <laughs> but yeah, so piracy is obviously everyone that's listening as well. I bet you people listening in their life have watched a movie or done something that they didn't pay for. I, I want to go into another point that I'm going to show you a video in a little bit. We'll go back. We'll loop back around, but something Neil Gaiman says, okay, I'm going to show you the video. It's it, he says it way better. He says what we're about to say in an hour and four minutes, Fair enough. but what he'll say later in the video, we'll go back to it is that piracy in a way is the modern version of lending a book. Yeah. That's kind of how he likens it. Where before the internet and everything, Rich, you you were maybe nice to somebody. You never do it to me. At point? You said, hey, hey, little buddy, how about you? Here's one of my books to read. And, you know, I didn't read that book, but you're letting me read the book you purchased. So he likens it to that. And obviously, the internet changes things because it's more widespread. It's not somebody you know and it's a stranger. But what do you think about that statement? And then we'll listen to
2: his actual thoughts on piracy. In many ways, it's very similar to a library in that sense. like mm. Libraries, yes, they do pay for their books. However, it's normally at a significantly discounted rate or they buy in bulk. Like Authors are not getting a ton of sales. Like, okay, from what I understand, books are purchased. There are different versions of the book that are more expensive to produce. But then also they pay a certain rate for the book because the publisher is assuming a certain number of readers per copy. But then you factor in government subsidies. It It is not a direct... like They're not making a lot of money per read of the book compared to if someone bought the hard copy themselves. However, it, so it's... What is the difference, in my mind? You give it out to the library, they are reading it for free. The library is kind of paying for a, a certain read of the copy. Right, right. But that spreads word of mouth. It... If you really like the library book and you want to keep it because it was a great book, you love it, you want to have it on your shelf, you yeah. go out and buy the actual version. I've done that myself several times. Overall, I'll check out a book from the library and the great <sighs> ones. I'll go to Barnes and Noble's and buy the version myself because I loved it. Exactly. That's
1: the thing for even smaller authors. The thing, don't, don't be too fearful of your book being pirated because that's just more chance of, you, you should be honored in a way. Oh, someone pirated my book. That means, because usually you're not getting your self-published five readers read this is getting pirated online because it's not big enough to even get pirated. Yeah. Usually being pirated is as well as a sign that the book is big enough to have an audience where there was a version w- it's worthy. worthy worthy of getting pirated because that's what pirates want to do. And I want to show this clip. Neil right. Gaiman w- w- is about to say a couple of points that summarize this whole thought here. So here you go, Neil
3: Gaiman. When... When the web started, I used to get really grumpy with people uh, because they'd put my poems up, they'd put my stories up, they'd put my stuff up on the web. And I had this, A, a belief which was completely erroneous that if people put your stuff up on the web and you didn't tell them to take it down, you would lose your copyright, which actually is simply not true. Um, And I also got very grumpy because I felt like they were pirating my stuff, that it was bad. And then I started to notice that two things um, were very seemed seem much more significant. One of which was places where I was being pirated, um, particularly Russia, where people were translating my stuff into Russian and spreading. Similar to the Alchemist, right? Selling more and more books, people were discovering me through being pirated um and then they were going out and buying the real books and when a new book would come out in russia it would sell more and more copies and i thought that was fascinating and i tried a few experiments um and some of them were quite hard you know persuading my publisher for example to take one of my books and put it out for free and we took american gods a book that was still selling and selling very well and for a month they put it up completely free on their website and you could read it and you could download it and 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 what happened was sales of my books through independent bookstores because that was all we were measuring it through went up the following month 300%
1: <laughs> 300% they went up and so he he did this own experiment just like Paul Coelho of Alchemist did and it only led to benefits for the author. Yeah. Now we'll talk about the morality and ethics of it because I think there's there's a couple ways this can go. Sure. But what do you think about that? I I as as I'm looking more and more into this, I'm going, man, is piracy, is it just helpful? Does it only help? What, what are, what's a negative side? Do you think for the author?
2: Oh, for the author is, I think. So in the case of Neil Gaiman and... uh, And and Neil Gaiman, uh, obviously, American Gods, Caroline and for those who don't mm -hmm. know Neil Gaiman, but yeah. Yeah. A lot of these are focused on like foreign countries that don't have as much access or they don't know this author, very well-known. However, I can imagine for a well-known author that is already pretty well-known by the reading community, if their book is pirated, they are probably more likely losing some revenue Like, there's maybe a better argument for it. However, No Game did say that was in... He put that book up, and it was in America. Like, American audiences were able to download it, and that sales went up by 300% the, the following months. Right. I think it's only a moral thing of, hey, you're consuming something you didn't pay for, and the people that do consume it and then don't pay for it, is that morally wrong? That's a little less sure, but for the actual author, seems like far more benefits than negatives. It's kind of like you're trying to you're trying to save pennies by wasting dollars. That mm-hmm. yeah, you're sure you're losing some sales, Right. but you're also gaining far more from the transaction. So people should pirate our YouTube videos. I honestly don't care. <laughs> honestly, I'm not even kidding. If, if there was another
1: site. That, oh, wait, this, I don't think we could say this on YouTube. <laughs> but if, if another site just started popping up two to ramble videos, mm-hmm. I think that would help us.
2: Yeah. I, because more, more eyes are like, oh, where are these guys from? Oh, they're, they're on YouTube, they're on here. Well, that's that's a common thing with, uh, so re-uploads. So on TikTok, YouTube Shorts, yeah. there's a lot of people that will download popular content and then just re-upload it on their own account. People have done that with our TikToks. Yeah, I don't of care. Times. Yeah. Do it. Go ahead, do yeah. it more. It's more advertisement for us, right? <laughs> it makes us more well known. We
1: give you permission to do it and maybe credit us at least. Try. It's not do like your we, best, we can't control what you do. But
2: yeah, it, it's not especially those shorts like I consider the shorts aspect of it, it's just free advertising for us. It, yeah. Like we don't have to pay to put our stuff on a on a platform and no. it sees a lots of eyes and someone else wants to do that work for us for free. Okay, go at it. <laughs> can go you believe ahead. someone out there would even consider doing and that? And <laughs> so they make ad revenue on it too. <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> Why not? It's it's only a benefit in many ways. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's examples where it can kind of it can go too far. There's, but eh. you know
1: where I found the most muddying examples. I have one more about books specifically, just to confirm even more so. I want to get this in. I want, sure. I want to confirm even more so, but there's an effect on movies in the box office where I saw different... Here's the, here's the problem. It was studies. ah,
2: Ugh. Ugh. The lab coat people?
1: The lab coat people. Ugh, and so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But for example, I saw one study that said after it was posted on this big piracy site, box office revenue every month would go up 3%. So other studies that would say it went down 16%. I, so there was no definitive number on box office revenue, and the way that they compiled these studies is also very. It de- like how do you do that? It depends on the movie. It depends on the month. It depends on. Well, it's
2: also correlating factors, and I feel like there's a lot of variables that go into that. The problem is you can't release the same. You can't have a control variable because the different movies, different it's a different time, movie, yeah. different time. How do you how do you compare both?
1: Whereas, samples? where Neil Gaiman and the Alchemist examples, they are actually they are pushing their book out
2: showing the pirated version and it is actually increasing sales. Yeah. where In comparison to the time before they exactly. pirated it so they can, they can compare apples to apples on it, that.
1: Exactly. And here's an even better example of all this is Timothy Ferris. He launched this experiment in, in modern publishing. This is modern day where he partnered with BitTorrent. Partnered with them oh. to help <laughs> promote his new book called The 4-Hour Chef. So he literally went to BitTorrent and said, "Um, can we work with me, please? And so (laughs) um, despite now him partnering with BitTorrent caused Barnes & Noble and other bricks and mortars retail to actually boycott his book because he was partnering with BitTorrent. (laughs) And Ferris's book ended up selling over 250,000 copies and landed on every single major bestseller list. Every single one. (laughs) And the click-through rates from BitTorrent to Amazon. So BitTorrent had his whole book for free. Could read it right there. But it had a link to Amazon. The click-through rates from BitTorrent to Amazon were higher than anything that he's ever seen through paid advertising. Orders of magnitude higher. This is a quote from him. Literally orders of magnitude higher than anything else he's ever seen. Now, more than 880,000 people clicked through the 4-Hour Chef's Amazon landing page Amazon doesn't offer its authors conversion metrics, so it's hard to say how many actually purchased the book, but it's an impressive, uh, it says it's an impressive amount to measure. BitTorrent also sent nearly 300,000 people the book's video trailer on YouTube and over 327,000 to Ferris's website. Anyways, in quotes, this is what he says. If someone is willing to spend time finding a legit bootleg source and reading a DRM broken hard to read copy of my book on a computer screen not intending for reading just to avoid spending $12 or so, they weren't ever my core audience to begin with. If I get them, it's nothing but bonus points. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think you're making a great argument on when when your book is done. You should probably just release it for free. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Uh, just okay, give a free copy go. first. If anyone's going to buy it, go ahead. Like, download it first. And if you want to buy the, like, go through Amazon or go through whatever and give us money for it too. Me Knowing knowing our audience will be the first to prove this theory wrong. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just, just a spite. The thing is, it also is just a, uh, a psychological thing. I think there's a feeling of guilt. And in general, most people are not heartless like cold calculating machines. Are like, oh, they- I can consume this product for free. That is better than me paying. Yeah, on paper, sure. But most people kind of reason like, "Hey, I really like this book. I kind of feel bad. I kind of want to give the person money. So, I'm going to pay for it now." I've already there's now no barrier because before you read a book, and you have, to, I'm paying money and hoping it's good. And there's a barrier there. Am I going to waste my money? Versus you've already read it, right? and now it's like I didn't I didn't waste my time. I really enjoyed it. It's much easier to give the money to that because I know I had a good time versus the risk of I'm giving money in hope that I have a good time versus I gave money because I did have a good time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying there's a conscious people have, a conscience where there's some ethical question. People just feel a little guilt. I, I just think it's easier to hand over money for something you already enjoyed. Mm. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's you, you've di- already tested Imagine it kind of like a restaurant. Mm. How much harder would it be for you to go to a restaurant and – I know it's kind of like a small change, but you want to order a burger, and before the burger comes to you, the server comes with the check. Pay for it now. And then you have to pay for that uh, burger and then enjoy it. And it's nice sit down. Now, I know fast food does does basically the same thing, but there is a level of consistency and trust that you go with fast food because it's all the same, all this. You go to a nice restaurant, though. You're you're spending some good money. It would feel a little weird to pay for a very expensive steak before it even comes to your table. Versus it's a lot easier of, I've had a great meal. I really enjoyed that steak. And then the the check comes, I'm like, here's the money. I really enjoyed it.
1: (laughs) Maybe fast food does it the way it does it because, well, first it has to be expedient. But beyond that, here's the money I'm expecting, just food.
2: I'm expecting Mm -hmm. to consume food. I'm not looking for an experience. Also, the price. There's a significant price difference. You're willing to fork over a certain amount of money up front. But over a certain threshold, most people are kind of hesitant on spending that kind of money up front.
1: Mm. Well, I want to finish with Neil Gaiman's part before we go into the morality of it, unless you have something else. I also also have a video to show you. Okay, okay, so let's finish Neil Gaiman's video here and he'll say what we've been saying but also more eloquently. It's Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Look at him. (laughs) All right, here you go, Neil Gaiman.
3: And when I give a big talk now um, on these kind of subjects and people say, well, what about, you know, what about the sales that I'm losing through having stuff copied, through having stuff floating out there? Um... I started asking audiences to just raise their hands for one question, which is I say, okay, do you have a favorite author? And they say, yes. And I say, good. What I want is for everybody who discovered their favorite author by being lent a book. Right. Put up your hands. And then anybody who discovered your favorite author by walking into a bookstore and buying a book. Raise your hands. And it's probably about 5%, 10%, if that, of the people actually discovered an author who is their favorite author, who is the person they buy everything of, and they buy the hardbacks, and they, they treasure the fact that they've got this author. Um, very few of them bought the book. They were lent it, they were given it, they did not pay for it. And that's how they found. <laughs> and their so that was author. the whole, I thought, know, whole uh,
1: summarized point of, hey, lending a books in modern day piracy and something interesting about that rich hmm. i think we're doing the same exact thing that pirates yeah. are doing in a way oh yeah now here's what i mean is everybody here's watching a free youtube video i mean there's ads but sure you click on the video for free you can access youtube you have any sort of internet access you can watch the youtube video for free and there's more of a funneling system of okay here's the free video here's a free tiktok then maybe join our book club for $10 a month down below in the description where we talk about a book with you every single month. This one we have, we're doing, this is how you lose the time wars. Our book club today, we're having it with the patrons. A lot of fun. Join in the description below. If you got funneled correctly, if we funneled you properly, you watch this video for free and then, hey, maybe, oh, to the ramble, I'll get their merch maybe. I'll, maybe a book they put out or maybe, if you're crazy enough. But that's- Very
2: few people would join our book club if they had to. They didn't see our videos first, just and then just we give them an ad hey, pay ten dollars a month for said who plan. the hell are these guys? No one would pay, yeah. Uh, uh, and so, I in a way, we are funneling with here's something
1: free, then buy the thing. Now, a little bit of the difference is the books that are being put, put for free, it's the whole free book, yeah. But that whole free book, one is giving you an audience member who will watch do your future works and buy the actual books they want on their bookshelf. But yeah. Neil Gaiman and other of the sorts were talking about how, man, this, this, Ebooks are fine, but eh, there's nothing special about it. You you need something now. Here's another question: of What if you could download a car? What if you could download a book and have it physically? Let's 3D print it and somehow in some future magical realm. That's what we have to get into. But you have a video to show
2: me before we get into the real ethics. Yeah, this is this. A, in relation to this. Yeah. I think it applies in similar ways. We're, we're talking about piracy. I would say most of it is an issue of access, and rather than just pure greed, then someone just. Not will like, is wants to, wants it, but is not willing to pay for it. Gotcha. It's mostly due to access and circumstance. And so this, uh, this other YouTuber yeah. and Twitch streamer and game developer talks about his
0: games. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
2: In a much similar way. Perfect.
1: Piracy is generally an issue of economics. You either can't afford a game, so you pirate it, or you can't get the game because you don't have access to it. So let's take Brazil, for example. Brazilians in my chat, rise up. I love you guys. Brazil has a very big problem with piracy, but it's not because they're jerks. Brazil has a problem with piracy because economically it doesn't make sense to buy games in Brazil. They're usually dramatically expensive. So the way that I fixed this for Heartbound, we had a very large Brazilian population of people liked the demo. They absolutely loved it. And they couldn't buy the game because it was too expensive. So I did this. See this right here? Heartbound is 60% off in Brazil. It's 20 BRL, and I will never change the price for the Brazilian people. At 60% off, it's only $4 out of a $10 game. By making this affordable for the people of Brazil and localizing the game into Brazilian Portuguese, it is 25% of our studio's income via game sales. Interesting. So it, was, it came down to it not being affordable. Yeah, well, or accessible.
2: Because, well, that's yeah. the thing. We, I'm talking with us Americans here that we kind of think oh, I created a book, it costs this much that we think that's a kind of a universal price. But price is relative to a market and a and a consumer base that $10 for a game for us, nothing. However, for people in Brazil, it's clearly way too much. It's a much higher percentage of their income
3: mm-hmm. that
2: $10. So, lowering it to make it similar to a percentage of their income compared to Americans yeah. makes a lot more sense. And that the prices should not be the same everywhere in the world. It, it's it's not universal. Got it. So for the same thing of Russia and all other countries, sometimes maybe the price should be way less. So if I you're mean, selling I, your I, book somewhere else, it should be different.
1: Right. Specifically in the state of Virginia, I think books should cost less.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we should get. Should, all we, should we dox ourselves? Say the city, say the street. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I agree with this completely. But I, I think that's amazing that his game, like twenty five percent of the entire company's sales. sales.
1: That's not just twenty five percent of the actual game downloads. That's twenty five percent of, of revenue. the revenue. Yeah, came from
2: so, discounting their game to like sixty percent off. Yeah. That's pretty amazing to me, especially because they ha they have the ability and capa- they have the ability to actually pirate the game, mm-hmm. yet they don't. they will pay the price if they can, yeah, and so I think that's the main issue. If you as a publisher are seeing your things pirated, it is normally something for you to look at of why it's clear it's not that they refuse to pay. It's that probably there's some kind of barrier in the way of paying. Either they can't access the book through traditional means, or it's outrageously expensive for what their living conditions are. In which case, you weren't going to get them at the original price to begin with. Not at all. Not at all. So you as the publisher actually have to change.
1: Especially because this is a luxury good in a way. Yeah. You don't have to play the game. You don't have to read the book. It's not food. It's not shelter. Mm-hmm. It's not a luxury good. This is something for pure entertainment. Yeah. So when you're going out to this, a, that's a different, there's a different moral question as well once we get into that. Which do you want to? Start I Start talking about the ethics. <laughs> the ethics of things. I'll throw this out, ya, out at you. Now this is a little different. This is legally speaking, but a recent study on moral standards on whether some law, bra- some law breaking is socially acceptable about piracy... In the interest of file sharing among the public. Of those questioned in the study, 70% of respondents said that downloading illicit material from the internet is completely acceptable. Though, three out of four felt it was completely unacceptable to sell that for a profit. So, the general public majority agrees that it's okay to download it from the internet is acceptable. Though, to download it from the internet and then sell it for your own good is immoral to about 75% of people
2: and unacceptable. I would generally agree with to that, with some caveats, of course. In there, the mm-hmm. one that I 100% agree with is downloading uh, someone else's content and then like just up and selling it. <laughs> like you download <laughs> downloading an ebook and then selling it at full price, just to, for like no, absolutely not. That's right. that's really immoral to do. However, downloading for yourself. I don't see as bad. And let's break down why is that immoral. Why do you think the selling it is immoral? Piece
1: here's here's a question to start this off with: Is piracy different than stealing?
2: I mean, steal- t- stealing normally implies the loss of the of the original owner, and digital digital content. It is hard for to measure that particular loss. It's easy when it's a physical thing, like they no longer have the item anymore. Mm -hmm. But a digital item, they didn't lose any inventory. They potentially lost a potential customer. There's a lot of potential there, but not an actual real hard time loss.
1: Then in a sense, when you steal something from somebody in the real world, it's a zero-sum game. Mm -hmm. One person gains, other person actually loses. So when you're saying with piracy, is it different than stealing because piracy isn't a zero-sum game, it's a positive-sum game, if that's how you say it, where you're taking, so you are downloading this for free, though the other, per, the other person isn't losing value and you are gaining value. And that comes down to the, is this a victimless crime? Is piracy a victimless crime? Because as we just went over, we don't think it's
2: actually hurting the author or the publisher or the director. So I think it's important to say that it can hurt the a publisher or the author, but I think more likely than not it helps. I so I that, think that, that, there's that, potential yeah. for harm. It's mm. not completely innocent, like like we're talking about. If someone downloads something and then sells it, like again and well, is trying and touching, touching on people. that,
1: that makes it a, a not a victimless crime because maybe in your your moral framework you're going if someone's downloading and selling it, they are taking a potential actual. Uh, actual
2: buyer from someone that would have given the money to the original creator. Because yeah, because that, that's that's assuming the person who pirated it in the first place was mm-hmm. never going to buy it in right. the first place. Versus the person who is buying the illegal copy. Like, they would have bought the original copy too. Yeah. that That's, that's actually that's the taking, difference. it's actually taking a customer.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what maybe makes it more intrinsically like that's wrong. than when you first suggest, eh, could you download something off the internet? Be- because... And going on to that, then, do you think it is a
2: crime at all? (laughs) What do you you think, Rich? Okay, well, we're going to get into something that I personally find very annoying and objectionable. And Mm. it's something I have done a lot of restructuring in my personal spending habits. Okay, yeah, yeah. I want to get into specifically DRM. DRM. DRM protections, which allows uh, companies basically lock their uh, digital items to certain devices and use that you can't actually use it outside of and it's locked in their system there's a lot of different uh, versions of this for video games often uh, they will have a DRM protection for uh, like you have to be connected to the internet to play their offline game which annoying as hell stupid go for books Uh, some ebook sites but you buy the book And then it is DRM protected to only be used on that publisher's approved device. Oh, gotcha. Same thing with, um, that goes for uh, audiobooks as well. So I actually wanted to get into the, so one of the terms of use actually from Audible, I'm getting at here, in contact restrictions, it says, you may not transfer, copy, or display content except as permitted in this agreement sell, rent, lease, distribute, or broadcast any content, remove any proprietary notices or labels on content, attempt to disable, bypass, modify, defeat, or otherwise circumvent any digital rights management or protection system applied to content or used as part of the service. Use of service content or for commercial or illegal use. They covered everything. <laughs> Some of that I agree with. Yeah. Like, like that ending part to try and use the content for a commercial or a legal purpose, trying to resell it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I have a problem with I paid full. I paid in full for this content. It is mine. I paid full price. And yet I can't do like I can't use it in the way I want. What to. do you think about this phrase then? If paying isn't owning, piracy isn't stealing. Kind of agree. Here's the thing. With specifically Audible, when you download the book, so we're, one, we actually get on, the, when you buy a book on Audible, it is in their cloud, and you don't have it downloaded, mm. you don't own anything. You're long-term leasing it. And if Audible wants to remove it from their servers, they do so, and you don't get anything back from that. Likewise with Amazon, Netflix, all these. Or little smaller, but still annoying, is sometimes Audible will actually change out a book for a different audio reader or make some certain cuts. For example, The Martian. Uh, one of the earlier versions has some small, short, uh, short stories and little cut content at the end of the audio book. Okay. However, in an update, those were removed. Okay. Even more so that people actually asked the author... Uh, Andy Weir like, hey, I remember this being there. Yeah, why is it not there? Where is it? Where is it? And Andy Weir couldn't find it on his own computer. <sighs> like he lost it. He's like, I don't know where that went. <sighs> so, oh well, the copy's gone. Unless you actually downloaded it yourself and right. kept it safe, it was gone. And so, that's not advertised. And let's say from Audible, you do download the content. It's yours. You have it on your device they won't be able to change it Mm -hmm. unless you update things and they can still mess with it. You have to listen to it on their approved device. If you try and go to another computer, if you try and put it in a different program locked, can't use it. I can't listen to it on my favorite device. I have to use their proprietary service. I hate that. Mm -hmm. I bought it. I will listen to it the way I want to listen to it on my device, not yours. And I really hate that. If it, if it was different, I actually have no problems with Audible in the terms of hey, it's a library. I'm ac- I'm paying to access your library, meaning I don't own it. Kind of like Netflix in uh, a way. No problem Net- Netflix, Netflix is like a
1: library a, a video library because exactly. you aren't paying for a certain movie. Whereas you go to Amazon Prime, you could buy hey, here's a movie
2: for four bucks. Well, to rent or you could buy it. So Yeah. And if you don't download that content and you leave it in the cloud, you could go away. you as a consumer have a relative understanding that, oh, that's mine. Mm-hmm. But you really don't. It's a long-term lease, right. and I hate that kind of manipulative uh, business practice. And so, personally, what I have done with Audible is I've moved away from it. I have actually just I, I canceled my subscription to Audible and moved away. Thankfully, I didn't have too many books in there that um you know I can move away from. Mm. But I picked up Libro.fm as my Audible uh, audio service. I've talked about it a few times before and, and we're we not sponsored by them. So. We're not sponsored yeah. but I do want to sing its praises of it's basically the same as Audible with all the positives of <laughs> I get to support my local bookstore uh, through, so my sales are actually going through that bookstore and they get some credit for that sale through the website. I can listen on their app as a convenient tool for my phone so just like Audible it's easy to use mm. and then beyond that you can download the files as either MP3 or M4B files, which is the um, audiobook format. DRM free. I have it on my computer. I put it onto my Google Drive. I can listen to it on any device, any way I want. Because I own it. It is mine. I don't have to listen to it on Libro's app. I can do anything I want with it. And I love that. Because I actually own that digital piece of me- media.
1: media. That's where you feel that almost hypocrisy was that with that statement of if if buying is an owning, it's piracy, not stealing. Yeah. Or now you're at liberal FM, that you're at, you actually own it. It feels like you I control what you actually bought. It feels more of like a physical object because the difference between software and hardware mm-hmm. or hard, that's on your device. That is on your hard drive, wherever you want to put it, versus it's in the cloud or versus
2: it is and- Currently, we have a lot of problems in today's marketplace where a lot of physical devices are even operated that way. <laughs> uh, Several that's a whole, co- that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but there is some...
1: Yeah. So We won't get into that now. <laughs> so going ethically then, do you think there's an ethical difference when it comes to piracy for the reason you are pirating it? I don't mean... So take away the reason that we, we both agree that if you are to take something off the internet and then sell it as if it's your own, wrong. Yeah. Because of going over, there's a victim now. You're taking a buyer away from the actual creator. You're A oh, bunch of reasons. Now, what about someone that takes it from the internet, to, you pirate it, you take it from a pirate website, and, and you don't go and sell it, but the reason you take it It's for different reasons. Now, does it make it more or less moral if you do it for educational purposes? If you do it because there's lack of access? If you do it because it's being censored? What what reason makes it more right or wrong? Is there a wrong reason
2: to download a book? Is there a right reason to download a book? Sure, there can be a wrong reason. I want to give an example of... It's the easiest one I can think of, but it applies to a bunch of other industries. Mm -hmm. Nintendo has a bunch of old video games that... They can sell in their store, but they remove them sometimes. Where now, uh, it is impossible to buy the game. That's right. I do know this. Yeah. You, you yeah, can't yeah, yeah, yeah. give them your money. Yeah. If you want to pay full price for it, they won't, you, they won't accept it. <laughs> right. At that point, pirating should be just fine. <laughs> right. They can't complain if they're not offering <laughs> You're it. Not it. <laughs> You're not even selling it. You're not even selling it. So, right. like, I can't give you money, money if I wanted to. Right. At that point, go now. You should. Be able to go nuts. You're not allowed to, technically it's illegal, blah, 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 blah. But we're talking about morals, not laws. <laughs> yeah. I think you should just go nuts. That it honestly should be written in law. That, hey, company, if you don't are if you aren't actually selling this thing, you shouldn't have any complaints about people pirating it. I totally agree. <laughs> like <laughs> what are you what are you supposed to do? So same thing with books. It happens in less lesser degrees, mm-hmm. but if you can't afford something and you pirate a book, I don't see it as very morally wrong however if you can afford to buy the book you should i think it's morally right of you to pay for something if you can we're also going to have to have a whole nother podcast episode Mm
1: -hmm. on specifically the question of how long you own your own copyright because then we're we're talking about things that hey somebody physically made this book they own this book or someone physically made this stuffed animal in between us they Mm -hmm. they own this we bought it now, the question of copyright, you know, recently Disney lost the copyright to the original Steamboat Willie, mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse. Now, anybody can create that as if it's their own because it's in the public domain. Now, that's another question about how long does it take to get there? When should it? Way but, too long is the correct answer. Not, I want to have a whole pod discussion on that. Because sure. I want to look at the ins and outs. But right now, we're saying somebody still owns the copyright. You're purchasing it off of there. There's a difference, as you're saying, between if it, if there's actual access to it. Nintendo's not selling these games right now. So... It's you're not Nintendo's losing no value, no money from a customer. Now, do you think it's different in the sense if someone was selling the Nintendo game that's no longer available? Is that wrong to pirate it and sell it? But it's not Nintendo's not selling it. Does that change things?
2: I still think it's still wrong. You shouldn't shouldn't make money out where like it's because you didn't still, create it. You didn't create it. It's one thing for an individual act. It's another kind of to step into someone's market. But what if Nintendo lost the copyright? It, then it's definitely wrong. It belongs to everyone. You shouldn't pay for it. There you go. Unless okay. you did some transformative change. You're yeah. the one printing, so you're charging because you... Transformative is the word
1: too because I think transformative is the the term legally used until where yeah. you can actually sell something
2: versus um what what's the because what's the the christmas movie ever uh, everyone loves and there's the story of how it wins it's public. a wonderful life it's a wonderful yeah, life love the movie. if i tried selling that movie that's wrong <laughs> it's in the public domain i can't sell something that belongs to the public well unless you did a reaction video on here where you
1: like <laughs>
2: neat <laughs> neat oh <laughs> God. okay, okay. <laughs> there's a whole reaction Rea- oh the reaction channels where it's just pure like they just stream the whole video, the whole movie and go huh.
1: I'm going to I'm going to make a statement saying most reaction content is not transformative enough. Even during this video we reacted to yeah. Neil Gaiman, we added no real value. We're kind of talking around
2: that to use it as a it's as a, a, small, a framework. It's a small cut. But I'm just saying of art like it, it, yeah it versus some people like on Twitch where they're just streaming the whole video and sometimes they leave and go to the bathroom <laughs> or they're just eating. It's like I think what we're doing is a little different. I think society went backwards
1: with mukbangs. <laughs> oh,
2: God. I think, I think we took
1: two steps back.
2: <laughs> and we've never taken the step forward yet. We're still working our way there. Yeah. Oh, God. No, well, here's the thing. Society yeah. went backwards when being a podcaster is an actual potential career. You don't have to say that out loud.
1: <laughs> uh, we're already
2: insecure enough, Okay. <laughs> Are we transformative enough? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, isn't all business just tricking people into giving them your money? And it's just combining things people have done before in
1: different ways. Yeah, we're I'm, all hacks. I mean, hey. We're basically a muck <laughs> thing. I'm taking back what I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But here's another thing. Lack of funds, for example. If you were to talk about somebody, take here, here's why this is interesting. Let's say you have lack of funds for food and you're starving and dying and you need food to survive. That's one thing. Now, what if you have lack of funds, but there's this book that's more of a luxury good? Is there a moral equivalent, a moral difference between those two, between getting something that you need versus
2: something that you want? Well, again, this is kind of the difference between morals and laws. Like, I'm going to feel a certain way on someone stealing food to survive. Yeah. However, legally speaking you can't make laws purely based on feeling because then someone says, well, I, f- it, it, it's too hard to get away with that. So yeah. that's why you do need to have a law of, you can't steal food. No, because <laughs> that person who made the food needs to eat themselves. There's a lot of problems with it. And so I may feel a different way personally of seeing someone steal an orange versus someone steal a DVD. Right, I think there's an obvious oh, difference between the two.
1: It's more so, I like to say, the ends, for example, stealing the food, the ends don't justify the means. It doesn't justify it, like, as in that's a... But it's an understanding. But it, the ends explain the means, and no one's getting angry at that. You, you, sure. uh, you understand why the person's doing it. We're not justifying, like, everybody should steal now. But no, the person's starving. <laughs> it, <Yeah. laughs> and then, obviously, there's a difference
2: between something that you want to do or want to read a book. However, I do want to clarify and make yeah. clear that there's plenty of people that will talk about um, oh well, you know, thieves they're stealing because they're hungry and they need to and then you watch it and they're going through uh, you know, Target and just stealing by like the the armful of a bunch of junk, junk food or like cosmetic products and it's like no, they're not starving. They're thieves. There's a lot of actual just thieves yeah. out there. Not everyone's an Aladdin.
1: Well, yeah, they they f- very they few fr- they front the they front that but behind that they're actually not in need
2: yeah exactly i i I just wanted to make that clear i'm not saying all thieves are aladdin i would say probably most thieves are not they're actually just stealing things because they have poor moral character right generally speaking
1: yeah we're talking about every movie like the aladdin that you see you go oh man
2: it exists but often thieves do what they do because they make poor choices in life
1: definitely right it's just we're talking about the moral equivalent of giving those extreme examples to see what is right what is wrong and i i have a thought experiment with you okay again everybody listening like rich and i love doing this off camera we're talking (laughs) we get into religion We can all that's great so thought experiment for you we touched on it earlier but what if it was possible we are honestly this could be a sci-fi possibility Mm -hmm. where it is actually possible to illegally download a physical object where you could click a button and download
2: a Hyundai. Well, we actually start getting to that with um, I think Star Trek is a very good example. The reason we have economies in the first place is because of scarcity. If scarcity doesn't exist because you can print physical objects basically at will, mm. at little to no cost to yourself, there's not much need of a market. No. You get what I mean? Oh, totally. totally. So that changes the game. Uh, if, if scarcity is not an issue, then payment is also not really an issue. We only pay for things because there's a scarce. And we need Because that, there's right. scarcity. But if you could just download things,
1: physical things, because now,
2: there's a difference between the web and then you actually own it. And it's also what does it take to download? You have to produce material to make the whatever happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But think about it the flip side, the person who designed that car. Mm-hmm. Assuming that it's not just cars you can print and it's literally everything else, that person can also print a uh Mercedes. That person can also print a house or food or, so why or whatever. Make it? Eh, well then, there you go. Now you're living in a world where people create for creation's sake, which that's the, isn't that basically the communist ideal, is that people will not create things for profit, but we create things out of want and desire, which I personally don't think is very, re- I don't think it's very logical that that well, would happen.
1: It's also not realistic.
2: No, people don't those... create things solely because they want to. They do. It exists but it's not as You don't reliable. you don't want to be here? You don't wanna make videos from me, Rich? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well no, it can carry you through and it's good for, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of things that people need that Incentives that people yeah. didn't want to make. Yeah. But it, it would just slow down progress. For example, every tier list video we've done. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> can you see Rich's Richard's face? Every tierless God damn it. Just, just why do people like this? Just give me to the morality? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why can't we do another book review?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything else you want to touch up with the ethics there? I think we covered most of why how pirating actually does help authors, but then ethically speaking, where there's more of a gray line, but it's it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not you're, yeah. you're not a
2: bad person. No, I think especially the the reasons behind it, it's it's a very personal thing and it's something you can only answer to yourself of, hey, if you can afford to buy something and give, you know, monetary benefit to the author that gave you a personal enjoyment, you should pay. You shouldn't take. You shouldn't take it for free. Now, especially if you maybe you weren't comfortable with paying for that author oh, because money's tight, so you download something illegal and you really, really enjoyed it. You should try and pay them. You should try donate. Maybe you can't pay the full price. Maybe you just donate to their Patreon half because that's all you can afford. You should do that we should give to others what they have given to us. There should be some exchange. That's our best Patreon ad yet, buddy. That was
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wasn't even thinking it that way, but yeah. <laughs> well you go, you know, just pay us half on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it didn't you were very serious. I don't think you were trying to pitch it. No, I wasn't. You but... did anyway. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week. All right. Bye bye y'all.